0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's Reality Bites. Every week on the Believe Podcast Network, I sit down and talk about what most men are forced to watch by a loved one multiple times a week in this great U.S. of A, reality television. Most men pretend not to like it or admit that they watch it. But I, Rob Evers, your sports-loving, go Eagles, liquor-chugging, girl-chasing host, just happens to be obsessed with reality tv guys we are back i apologize if you have listened to this podcast in the past i love you and i appreciate you i took some time off as you can probably tell uh, about a year you know we were going through some stuff in uh 2020 i don't know if you guys noticed or not but um I didn't feel it was appropriate to be doing a podcast about reality TV. Now, I'm not shaming anybody who had a podcast out there who talked about reality TV or or fashion or sports or, or anything else that was happening. We needed that distraction. I personally just felt that... Um, it wasn't the right time for me to be asking friends to come out of their abodes and to uh, have a conversation with me about, you know, what was happening on uh, The Bachelor or Bravo or, you know, Love is Blind or whatever, you know. So that's just me. But now 2021 shit is still going down. And you know what? At this point, fuck it. Let's start talking about reality TV again. Now. Disclaimer, you are going to have to deal with me and me by myself for a little while. Until I can get another little guest list up and some good people to come on. And I will have some good guests. Um, You're just going to have me kind of talking to you about reality TV that's going on that week. I'm basically going to be doing like a one-on-one Wednesday to Wednesday, I think is good, talk about reality TV that's happening in the world right now, and you're going to get my unbiased, uninterrupted opinion about the shit that is happening on reality TV. So, with that being said, let's get to it. I thought it'd be fun. Oh, by the way, have you guys tried... I'm not doing a promotional thing here, obviously, I am i don't have enough people listening to this to be getting sponsored, but... um. I will I will put my hand up in the air and say I was was I not if you were listening to this before was I not promoting the fuck out of truly back in the day I was promote you could ask any of my guests you can ask any of my listeners I was promoting the fuck out of truly well apparently 2020 was the year of truly and now truly is like the biggest thing in the world and my plan to get truly to sponsor my podcast obviously did not work. So, um, that sucks. But now, have you guys had this um, old-fashioned, Trader Joe's old-fashioned? It's pre-made in a bottle, and all you got to do is just... I mean, it's a shit ton of sugar, but all you got to... And I don't usually eat a lot of sugar, just FYI. But it, all you got to do is pour it over ice and then pour like a little bubbly or or LaCroix or have you say it over it, and it is delicious. So, anyway, that's what I'm going to be drinking um, during the podcast. So... Uh, if if I start to slur in a little bit or like I said, I'm by myself in my breakfast nook right now. So I apologize if I kind of I'm already going off course, but just wanted to let you know that shit is good. Okay, I thought it'd be fun if we started this whole back to podcast uh, podcast with going over the best reality shows of 2020. Now, I just went to the uh, internet here, and I looked up best reality shows of 2020, and the first thing that popped up was a Marie Claire list of the 19 best shows. So I thought it'd be fun if I just kind of roll down that real quick and give you a quick opinion of what I thought about those shows Um, because I I, I watched a lot of TV during the first quarantine. And I say the first quarantine because – I feel like there was a halftime, and now we're back into it, especially in California. All right. Let's look at this list. The best reality shows of 2020. All right. Number one they have on here is Family Karma. I did not watch it. It looked like it could be a fun show. Um, the people, you know, they have their characters that, you know, um, all fit all the little Bravo Nooks that they like their characters to have. It looks like there could be a lot of good drama. I just didn't watch it. Uh, Then they go to Making the Cut. Didn't watch it. Love Project Runway. I even did a Project Runway episode. It was my very first episode with Sean Wing was uh, Project Runway. Love Project Runway. Uh, Amazon. It's hard to to go on a streaming service if it's not your live streaming service. It's hard to like go look for a reality show. Sometimes I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I didn't watch it. Um, the Bachelor. Listen to your heart. Fuck you. I did not want to hear that goddamn song. I don't remember what the song is now. Oh, it was the song from that fucking Bradley Cooper uh, movie with Lady Gaga um i did not want to hear that a thousand times in fucking four weeks and from what i've heard that's exactly what happened you just they just sang that song to each other over and over again and then they fell in love singing to each other fuck i fall in love every sunday night doing karaoke like that's what happens that's why you sing it's fucking emotional get over it i did not watch it anyway all right what is next on the list here okay love is blind All right, I mean, (laughs) this show, all right, first of all, so this is, I think, Netflix's um, first attempt at uh, putting out a reality TV show. I, I could be totally wrong, but I think that, off the top of my head, I think that's what it is. And, guys, streamable reality TV, I'm in. I mean, I like streamable everything, but, like, the fact that we could binge it during a quarantine is what made it a huge success. The cast was awful. This, the, the, the whole idea of it was intriguing. So you get these awful people in this intriguing situation, and that's what made the show a quarantine hit. I'll put it a quarantine hit because I don't know if it was on in like normal world times pre-2020. I don't know how many people would have taken the time to sit and watch. But wait a second. Now that I'm thinking about it, it it was on before tw- uh, that, wasn't it? Did it come out before the quarantine? You know what? It did. It came out it came out on like Valentine's Day, I want to say. And then people started watching it and then it caught on People started like talking about it, because that's right around the time that we all started hunkering down. It was like February, it was like March, it was St. Patrick's Day that everybody had to like shut down. So I feel like it got a month of like social media talk, and then people were like, You have to watch it. Have you watched this? Have you watched Love Is Blind yet? Holy shit. And then in quarantine, everybody settled down either by themselves or with their loved ones and watched it. And watched these people come together and ultimately hate each other except for i think one couple that girl jessica just she was like oh i'm gonna be a reality tv star and i don't know maybe i'll fall in love and then i think she just got herself cornered into a situation with somebody where it's like i i like you but i like somebody else and i went on a few dates i mean could you imagine i would think this was a great idea if you put like if you follow people around on their Bumble dates, but like then you had to like choose at the end of a week and then you had to be with that Bumble date and maybe you liked Tuesday, but you're on that Bumble date and now you have to pick and you pick somebody wrong and now you're with them. I mean, that's basically what love is blind is anyway, except they had to go off their personalities, which <laughs> let's just be honest. Everybody wants to find their soulmate that has a great personality and and has a great sense of humor and all that other stuff, but we are visual people. That's why we have eyes. You know, that's we we you want that deep down, but initially you have to have that that um, that attraction to somebody. You have to have that punch gut attraction to somebody, and they took that away. And uh, I think the verdict was that uh, maybe love is sometimes blind. So maybe if they called the show "Love Is Sometimes Blind," it would have been better. Okay. What is next? Flirty Dancing, never even heard of it. Uh, Married at First Sight is a show that I have to start watching because, I don't know, I I, I like the premise of it. And this is kind of like Love is Blind too, except you're getting, you have actual like therapists and stuff involved and you're getting put with somebody that they think you match with on all levels. And they also aren't picking people that like, I don't know, aren't. Not attractive? <laughs> uh, what else? Uh, so, oh, have you guys 60 Days In? If you guys haven't watched 60 Days In, I could do a whole show on 60 Days In. Holy shit. That show is fucking crazy. Basically, the premise is people volunteer to go into a maximum security prison for 60 days to do undercover work for... The sheriff of and and like the uh, what do you call him? The warden of the prison and everything. And the whole thing is filmed and they put in extra security cameras around the prison and everything um, so that you can see what's going on in there. And they tell the inmates that it's, um, uh, you know, just extra security. And then they bring the people out and they interview them and they have like, you know, safe words and like words and gestures. If they need if they're in danger, they need to get out. It is fucking intense. If you guys have not watched 60 Days In and you like that kind of shit, you like AE and all that other stuff, holy crap. Watch that show. It is good. Um, th- th- I think the people are starting to catch on, though, the inmates. I think they watch the show <laughs> in prison. So now if somebody seems like weird or like all of a sudden there's maintenance people putting up, you know, cameras, like 15 extra cameras around the. Uh, the cell area, they're like, wait, what's going on here? But check that out. Uh, my feet are killing me. That looks disgusting. I don't want to watch any of that. I love TLC. Don't get me wrong. I will always love TLC. It's one of my favorite channels. I love Little People, Big World. I love anything. I, I call it the Little Channel because there's a lot of Little People shows, which is great. Um, they, it, it deserves that kind of exposure. But then they fucking switch it on you real quick. They go from, like, families and, like, families who don't really know society really well. Like, uh, you know, the Duggars or whatever. I know they had their own shit. Or, like, you know, you know uh, a lot of kids. If there's a lot of kids in a the family, they like that. Little people, they like those kind of shows. But then they switch it up on you real quick and do, like, fucking, my feet are killing me. This looks like it's just about feet fungus. It's disgusting. And Dr. Pimple, pimple Popper? What the fuck is that? No thank you. Also, don't make, have me watching a, a, a Little People Big World with the guitars and everything's hunky-dory and I'm just watching Amy and Matt have a fight. And then in the commercial, you show me the pimple that needs to be popped. That's the most disgusting thing I've ever seen on the human body and without asking my fucking permission. You didn't ask my permission for to show me that? Man, that makes me angry. All right, anyway, Dancing to the Feet, never, never. Extreme Love, nope. Naked and Afraid, Love Naked and Afraid. Love Naked and Afraid alone. Love Naked and Afraid with five people. If you guys haven't seen Naked and Afraid, watch it. It's awesome. Siesta Key, I don't know. People love it. They say it's like The Hills and all that other stuff. It's MTV. I like trashy MTV um, this just seems like uh, I'm too old to be honest I'm too old to care about these people and and what the fuck they're doing in Siesta Key I know people that love it and I feel like if I watched it maybe I would get involved in it but no I didn't watch it Family or Fiance sounds good I never heard of it uh, Spy Games was awful that was just dumb that was just people thinking they are fucking smart fbi agents and they're not uh what else extreme home makeover 90 day fiance's i gotta get back into those i'm so far behind on those i could do a whole fucking series on fucking 90 day fiance gotta get back into those but i didn't watch it um and that's the end of the uh list if i miss something then let me know oh too hot to handle can't forget too hot to handle uh, that show was good. You know what? It was. It was. Uh, it was background music. It was while you're baking your banana bread or or building your IKEA closet. You know, it was something to to have in the background. That was really stupid. It Was pretty people to look at you the 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 the, the person who was like the orb or whatever the um commentator uh, was very you know it's good to have a comedian doing that. Um, that was fun. That was like the best part about it. But uh, it was entertaining to have in the background. It was something to be like, oh, shit. And then, yeah, you knew they would fuck. You knew they'd fuck. You knew they'd lose everybody's money and fuck. I mean, everybody knew it. That was why they were on the island. That's why they said they were on the island. So, yeah, my opinion of Too Hot to Handle was very good elevator music as far as reality TV goes. Um, what else? Okay. That's it for 2020, I think. And I know what you guys are going to say. You're going to say, oh, he didn't talk about Tiger King. And he didn't talk about The Last Dance and McMillions and the Jeffrey Epstein documentary. And the Beastie Boys and 13th, which was mind-blowing. Those are documentaries. If you guys want me to talk about documentaries, I'll talk about documentaries all fucking day long. But this is not documentaries do stuff this is reality bites so we will talk about reality tv okay so i think that brings us pretty current so let's get to what's going on right now 2021 things are supposed to turn around things did not turn around at all yet hopefully they'll turn around soon uh but in the meantime. We got some, uh, we got some uh, new Bachelor. We got some new Bachelor going on. We have a couple other new reality shows going on. So I figure let's start at the beginning. Let's go week by week with 2021 and talk about this shit. Starting with Matt James and The Bachelor. How do you guys feel about that? First of all, before we even get into Matt James, let me just go back and 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 just set the record straight on my feelings about Claire and that whole thing. That was insane. The fact that they even gave that woman a chance to be the bachelorette, I understand what they were trying to do. I understand that they were trying to have a woman of uh, an older age than what's usually on the show represent women that, you know, are later in life. and, and, And 39 or... No, how old was she? She was like 38 or something. But it's not uncommon for women to be single at that time. In Bachelor world, it is. So to give her an opportunity, I get it. But for the love of fuck, have you watched this girl on any other season she's been in? Have you watched her on Winter Games? Have you watched her on Bachelor in Paradise? Have you watched her even on Juan Pablo's season? This girl turns everything around, spins everything to make her a victim. And she, <laughs> I, I, and I, and I will say this, and I don't know, you know, I thought that nobody listened to this before, and this podcast has somehow wind, wound up in the tabloids and stuff. and um, But I will be the first person to say that, like, Claire is the irony, the irony, That Claire is now, in my opinion, the Juan Pablo of the Bachelorette franchise. There, I said it. I meant it. I said it and I meant it. She is the worst Bachelorette in the Bachelorette franchise history. I mean, look what she was doing. She was giving herself roses, she was giving herself a rose. She she knew who she liked right away. So basically, the entire time that she was on the show, it was just a, a, a speed dating session. I think even Chris Harrison at, at like day two was like, "Oh shit, is Tasha available?" You know what? Get her quarantined. Get her quarantined. We'll let this play out while she's quarantining. We'll let this whole Claire bullshit play out, and then the second that Tasha clears covid protocol i will walk in and tell claire it's time to go that's exactly what happened i guarantee it the second claire started being claire chris harrison who i've met who's a great guy and he's said to me point blank that he knows some of the people they've had on that show have been mistakes knew this was a mistake and decided to call it quits and got Tasha in there and thank God she did. I don't even know about the guys that they had there. Listen, this whole quarantining thing with these people is, well, with those guys, I think especially the beginning of COVID, I think it's hard to get people to agree to that. I think there's probably a bunch of guys that they wanted that, you know, didn't want to go sit at La Quinta for two weeks and then meet Claire. You know, so it was like Christmas Day when Tasha walked through the fucking door. Anyway, that sucked. But now let's talk about Matt James. Yes. My opinion of this is yes. I am on board the Matt James train. This is what The Bachelor used to be. This is is what it should be. This is someone who's a real catch. This is somebody who has a job, a well-to-do job, who comes from, you know, maybe not the best family in his opinion. He wishes, you know, that his father was present more. But that's a, you know, that's a a, a, a person-to-person basis. You don't know. You know, I know a lot of people that have had both parents that it was very hard too but he wishes that he had somebody else there but his mom was fantastic his he loves his brother you know he wish he wasn't the product of divorce which is fine some people do some people don't i i think that this guy is exactly what the bachelor franchise started out to be do you guys remember what the bachelor used to be what it started out to be if you don't let me just give you a quick recap so Back in the day when this first started, and I'm pretty sure I'm right on this. Don't, you know, I'm not 100% on anything ever, but I'm pretty sure I'm right on this. It was, the producer of this was the producer of Who Wants to Marry a Millionaire? And it basically was a millionaire who was on stage, like in front, like at fucking like a theater and three women would come out in like a wedding dress and this millionaire would pick which girl was the best for him in the matter of time in the and like within an hour for the show within an hour show he would say like you know he would go through a bikini thing i think i mean maybe i'm making this up but i'm pretty sure this is what happened anyway this producer was like fuck this is a great idea we're only doing this in an hour why don't we spread it out over 6 weeks so that's what he did. And all the beginning bachelors were like princes. There was a prince. There was a prince. There were doctors. There were millionaires. There were uh, people that owned vineyards. vineyards. There were NFL players. And then you got into like, you know, actors. And then you got into, and then it started rolling into each other. But I like the fact that this guy, um, I have, well, let me let me backtrack on that. I have mixed feelings on Matt James not being in the franchise before. I like the fact that Matt James is an actual catch. He has a real job, like I said, he has a real job. He he he's a good-looking dude, like he's a catch. But not being on the show definitely has its disadvantages. Like one of his biggest things that he said right away is that he's had a hard time being vulnerable. That's a huge thing for this show, is being vulnerable. You have to get down to the nitty-gritty real quick with these people. And if you're expecting the girls to do it, then you have to be able to do it too. And right away, very first episode, the first thing he said is he's always had a hard time being vulnerable. Now, if he was on The Bachelorette the season before, it's it's like, it's like boot camp, For being The Bachelor. He has lived with all these dudes. He's gone through the fucking drama. He knows the producers in his ear. He knows the cameras in his face. And he knows that he's got maybe two one-on-one dates to get vulnerable with somebody. So he's got to learn to get there quick. He doesn't have to do that now. Like he's going into this, first of all, no, he'd never been in front of the cameras, never has, you know, the background of living in the house. He doesn't know the drama that goes on involved. I'm sure he's maybe watched the show once or twice or even binged it before he became The Bachelor with Taylor or Tyler or whatever his name was. And then – but now he's like in this position where he's, you know, going full steam into this franchise that – is asking him to get engaged in eight weeks or whatever it is, six weeks. And it's hard. And he's 28. He's 28 years old. And he's going and doing this now. So there's there's the pros of not being on the show before, which is like, you know, he's somebody new. But then there's the cons. And I think there's a lot more cons because he's kind of – being he's kind of being led around and which which also begs the question of how much is he being produced like how much are the producers being like oh no you got to go here oh no you got to do this oh no you don't want to talk to her oh no you want to keep her you definitely should keep her and he's probably like uh what do i have to kiss her i don't want to keep her do i have to make out with her and they're like yeah you got to do this and you got to do this and he's 28 have i said that already He's 28. 28 is a hard time. You know, most guys don't realize what they want in life until they're 32. I'm probably making a generalization. But like, you know, he's probably getting a lot of attention in New York. And he was probably living his life and doing his thing. And I'm sure he wants to settle down. But there's dating. You know, when you're a 28-year-old guy and you're ready to settle down, you probably want to date somebody for like two years. And then, you know, around... You know, 30, 31, you propose. And I'm I'm definitely generalizing this person right now that I don't know. Anyway, I think those old fashions are kicking in. (laughs) Okay, so I kind of made a list here. Let me see what else I have on this list. Oh, you know what I liked about him, too? He sat down Chris Harrison right away. First of all, let me jump over to this. How happy is Chris Harrison to have a fucking dude as The Bachelor? (laughs) He was so happy to have like an ex NFL football. I don't know if he was in the NFL. I think he played college football at um, Wake Forest. I want to say I remember Wake. I want to say Wake Forest. But he played football. He's like a guy's guy. He, you know, he's from North Carolina. And Chris Harrison is so happy to not have a Colton, to not have a Ben, to not have you know a a, a weird pilot guy who's oddly, weirdly in love with his mom come and and like be there, but he actually has like a guy's guy. I mean, Chris Harrison's like punching his stomach like, hey, man, you got to meet these girls. You got to stay here, dude. You got to meet your wife. Like Chris Harrison stoked on this guy. But I like how Matt sat him down and, uh, you know, he was like he he basically was talking about, you know, the elephant in the room. He even said there was, you know, the elephant in the room. And that, um, he didn't want to piss anybody off. You know, he's, he comes from a mixed family and he didn't want to piss anybody off. And it's, you know, um, uh, a very difficult time right now where there's a lot of, you know, it's like a landmine out there of where you can step and, and, and can step. And I think everybody should, you know, there shouldn't be landmines in the first place, but at the same time, like the landmines tell you that you're going somewhere wrong. And, um, I, I think that it was good that he brought it up right away because he's like, look, I don't want to, I'm, I'm, you're putting me in a situation here where if I don't pick somebody it, that is not right for whoever is watching that thinks it might be right, then that might be a problem. So I like that he got that out of the way right away. He seems like a very genuine guy. Um, you know, when he was meeting girls, you could tell he was nervous. Um, he was very genuine when he was meeting all of them yeah getting kissed for the first time he was taken aback <laughs> you know he was surprised you could tell that he was like you know being real when he was watching those girls walk up the stairs to the house <laughs> I mean, his face watching some of them walk away was was uh was pretty hilarious um now as far as the girls go uh, i mean they they knocked it out of the park with these girls They're all beautiful. They're all beautiful. They all seem pretty level-headed. They all seem pretty down to earth. Like I said before in other podcasts about The Bachelor, you're, look, these people, the girls, the age range of the girls on this show are 23, 21, 23 to like 28. So this show has been on for 20 seasons, 23 seasons or something. So these people have been raised watching this. So they know when they go on the show that they're going to be on TV. You know that they're that they're that they're going to have a a, a, a fan base after this. Even Tasha, I thought it was so funny when um, one of Tasha's uh, suitors was asking what she does. <laughs> He was like, I, I practice law and I practice criminal law and family law. And, um, you know, what do you do? And she she's looked at him straight in the face and was like, oh, I'm a, I'm a brand ambassador. And, um, yeah, I travel the world and I, and I and I and I and I take pictures to, you know, show different, you know, brands to people. And it's like, no, you're an Instagram bachelor person. That's it. That's that's all you are. You're an Inst- like these people aspire To go on this show and get famous and then use that fame to, you know, sponsor water bottles and go to Tulum and take pictures of bikinis and that kind of stuff. And, you know, good for them, you know, if that's how they're going to kind of... Then they become part of Bachelor Nation and then they go on 16 different shows and then they make money off of uh, SponCon. I think that's what they call it. SponCon. Sponsored content. That's what they call it. Sponsored content. But I mean, I guess that's a thing now. I don't know. Um, But these girls seem pretty level-headed. They seem like, you know, nobody has an ego yet. Nobody has um, any kind of issues, really. You have Abigail, who is hearing-impaired, and she's beautiful, and she's a front-runner. Sarah, who was a, uh, a newscaster in San Diego and then quit her job to go and help her dad who has ALS, which is horrible. Just horrible. Uh, You know, you have um, models that are coming out that seem like they have no, you know, ego at all, which is fantastic. Um, Then you have the one girl who knows what she's doing and is wanting to be on TV. You have this uh, Let's just let's just talk about her for a second, right? Let's end let's end this podcast by talking about this chick because I feel like we're going to be talking about her a lot in the upcoming weeks. Um, this girl, Victoria, Queen Victoria. Now, <laughs> obviously, I love my reality TV, and you know, obviously, I'm a fan of the whole Bachelor, Bachelorette franchise, and I have a lot of friends that will text me. During the show and be like, what about this chick? What about this chick? What about her? What about her? What about her? And I have gotten so many texts about this Victoria girl, Queen Victoria from Los Angeles. And here's here's my opinion about her. Let's just put this to rest right now. There are two types of people that go on this show as contestants. People that want to actually make it to the end and possibly get engaged and find love because it has happened not a lot but it has happened then there are the people that want to be famous and be on tv victoria knows she knows that there's the pretty girls that last and then the maybe not so good looking ones that have to have something to keep them on the show, and Victoria knows that the only way she's going to make it to episode six and be talked about is to be the mean girl. Now, I just figured out—I just found out who um, Ava Louise is, this uh, Insta or TikTok girl who you know has made no secret that she wants to be famous for being famous, right? And she's the one that just broke the whole Kanye and Jeffree Star thing, which is a lie. Like, she does stuff on purpose to get attention. Like, this girl would walk in front of a fucking bus and get hit by it, wearing a tiara, probably, to get attention, right? This Ava Louise girl. This is what this Queen Victoria girl is. She's an Ava Louise. She's somebody that knows how to manipulate the system. And she's manipulating it from the second she gets in the house. The second she's there, she knows that she's going to start picking fights. She's going to start making girls cry. Because those cameras are going to be on her in a fucking heartbeat. And those cameras are going to be looking at her 100%. And you can tell poor Matt has no idea what this whole fucking situation is that that, um, Queen Victoria over here is fucking throwing at him. Because he probably wanted to get rid of her day one, night one. And the producers are like, sorry, you got to keep her. So he keeps her, and then he's got to, like, make out with her. And then he's got to tell her that he wants her around and that he's thinking about her. I mean, this poor fucking guy. (laughs) But this is what this girl's doing. She is manipulating the the, the system. She's manipulating how The Bachelor works. She knows that she wasn't going to make it to round two if she was like the sweet girl, she's going to make it to episode eight as the mean girl. 100%. Maybe not episode eight, but she's going to, she'll be there for at least three or four more episodes. Mark my words because she knows what she's doing. So that being said, uh, here are my final, here, here are my, my top runners right now. My front runners, Rachel, Rachel, who has never been vulnerable before, just like Matt. She's the one that looks like Mila Kunis that I have a crush on. She's beautiful. She'll move out to LA in about, you know, a, right after the show, she'll become part of Bachelor Nation. She'll go to Coachella. She'll go to Stagecoach. She'll become part of that whole crew. And then she'll start modeling bikinis and and wa- sports water and energy drinks in Tulum. Um, but right now she's doing great. Abigail, first impression Rose, She's seems very genuine right now. Bree, who comes from the same kind of split family, very mixed family, but you know, has the same kind of background as him, and he's really attaching to that. Uh, Chelsea, he's just very attracted to. She's the model, the tall model, um, and then Sarah, pure attraction, and you know, she has a um, the, the you know the backstory that she's a caregiver, so. That's my call on what's going on with The Bachelor right now. Here's what I'm going to do for the rest of the podcast until I can start getting guests. And I promise I'm going to start trying to get guests. Um, I know that you can do it on Zoom, and I know you can do it like calling somebody. I'm not that technically advanced. My computer sucks. It's from 2012. I'm hand-holding a microphone right now. I'm sure it sounds like I've dropped it like four times. I'm going to try and get better equipment, but right now I'm just going to keep doing by myself my own opinion about stuff. I'm going to try and do three episodes or three shows a podcast. So DM me at Forevers Evers, F-O-R-E-V-E-R-S, E-V-O-R-S. So like the word forever, but then my last name. So Forevers, like the word And then Evers, like my last name, E-V-O-R-S. DM me there. Tell me what you guys want to hear. Tell me what you want me to talk about. And then, you know, ask me questions and I'll answer them, that kind of stuff. But for right now, we're going to do this 2021, still in COVID, America's still falling apart as of today podcast. But I will be giving my full opinion about all the reality shows that I Am watching, have been watching, will continue to watch. And guys, like I said, I love all the reality shows. So you want me to talk about TLC? I love TLC. I wanted to talk about Welcome to Plathville tonight. You want me to talk about a and I'll talk about A&E. You want me to talk about, I mean, anything, really. Just give me a fucking shout out on Instagram and my DMs. And let's let me fucking rant about it. Let me talk about it. Let's talk about it. Whether you agree with me or not. And then tell me you don't agree with me. And then I'll talk to you about it. But as I said, DM me and we'll figure it out. Remember, if you enjoyed this show, please subscribe. We are available on your favorite directories such as iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. You can find us at Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, and at Believe Podcasts. Please rate the show on iTunes and follow me at Forever's Evers. Guys, I love you. It's been so long. I'm so happy that we're back and that we're chatting. And I cannot wait to talk to you next week. In the meantime, do not storm anything. Stay home. Wear a mask. Be good. Tell the people around you that you love them every single day because you just never know. And reality TV, it's realer than real.